The Spur of the Moment podcast is proudly presented by Shane Daigie, Realtor of Always Here Properties. Selling your home, buying your home, first-time buyers, investors, and seasoned home buyers. Call or text 512-540-1626, and I'll be glad to help with all of your real estate needs. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Spur of the Moment podcast. I'm your host, Shane Daigie. And I'm your co-host, Drew Daigie. Welcome to episode 131 of Spur of the Moment. Yeah, coming straight from the Simonator Studios in the heart of Texas, the streak is over. The longest losing streak in Spurs franchise history is over. 16 losses in a row ends with our last February game against the Utah Jazz, the last game also of the rodeo road trip. Spurs get the dub, winning by a score of 102 to 94. Drew, what were your thoughts about this game and where the Spurs are going? Yeah, what a great win, an eight-point win. Keldon Johnson had a really good night. He had 25 points, shooting 12 of 19 from the field. He was great. We also had a couple role players off the bench. Doug McDermott hit five three-pointers. And Zach Collins was a 2 well, but a great team effort, 42% for the field, while the Jazz start, shot 35%. I think we were really good in this game, and we got the dub. The streak is over. The streak is over, yes, sir. And Popovich had talked a lot about the Spurs playing an entire game for 48 minutes. And in his post-games quotes, Pop said, hey, they played 48 minutes. It obviously wasn't perfect. It never is, but watching them give that effort – for 48 was very satisfying. So we had a little positive momentum for your San Antonio Spurs. And we're going to listen to some words from Keldon Johnson, who was the leading scorer for the Spurs. Really had an awesome night, and he's your uh, Spur player of the game. Yeah, definitely. It's always a good feeling when, uh, you know, when we win. So it's definitely a great feeling. Ain't nothing like it, man. I mean, we, you know, we fought. We continue to fight. Um, we stayed together as a group, you know, and, um, you know, good things happen. I feel like, uh, we had a different, different third quarter down than what we had uh, last game, you know. And, uh, you know, the guys, you know, they sat down and played defense, man. And, uh, you know, good things happen. But, you know, um, you know, we just got to keep working. Like I said, every time I come here, we get better and better. And, um, you know, we're going back home from a long road trip. Um, hopefully, you know, uh, we get some treatment and um, get back to it on Thursday. Thursday, right? With that being said, just got to keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting. Nah, you know what I'm saying? We got to, I mean, it's just one win. We, we we lost too many to be celebrating. You know, we got to stay hungry as a group. We got to keep keep working, keep fighting, continue to get better. And um, that's what we're striving to do. You know, obviously it feels good to win. And, um, you know, everybody smiled, but we know uh, we, we got to continue to get better. We know we got to look at film and um, make some adjustments and, and, and keep it pushing. Uh, yeah, so you see uh, Keldon seeing the bigger picture, and I really liked his words, like, keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting. You know, the season, we're now with, uh, what, 20 games left overall on the season. So just got to keep fighting and finish off strong. But let's not fight too hard so we can stay yeah. in, that, <laughs> in that lottery picture. Especially with LaMelo getting hurt. Yeah, yeah. I didn't hear about that yet. Yeah, no, Drew just brought up – tell the audience what you're talking about, Drew. Yeah, LaMelo Ball broke his ankle. He's out for the year. He's been hurt a lot this year, and he's out for the season. So I think the Hornets might not win another game. But I bet they'll win two or three, but – so tell tell the audience how that impacts us as Spurs fans. Yeah, it impacts us because I think we could go on some get some wins, but not too many wins. You know, 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, the standings right now, they're five wins ahead of us. We're sitting with 15. They're sitting with 20. I think it's going to be really important to keep an eye on that number because you just don't you want the best odds in this lottery scenario. Everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows who's in the draft. And so we just got to keep on plugging away. So now, speaking of the draft, we're going to do our Tankathon segment. And tonight, we're going to spin the wheel and see where the Spurs land and who could potentially be there for the Spurs in that draft. And there it is. And we finish with the seventh overall pick. So right now, we're sitting tied for the second worst record with the Detroit Pistons. But in the lottery, you know, it is a lottery. It's not guaranteed. It's not like it was during the David Robinson days or even like it was during the Tim Duncan days. This is a whole different animal. So Spurs fans, we got to be aware of that. But we finished seventh. Drew, if we finish in that seventh spot, who are some potential candidates you could see wearing the silver and black? I think there's a couple candidates here. I think uh, our, a high uh, percent chance is one of the Arkansas guards. I think Nick Smith Jr. or Anthony Black are likely to go at that spot. But also a guard from Baylor, Keontae George, is what I'm thinking here. That's who I would go with. I think Keontae George is a very good shooter. And he'd be a great fit to the San Antonio Spurs roster. But I hope we don't fall to the number seven spot. Yeah, I know. I like Keontae George, too, offensively. I think he may have some uh, defensive liabilities a little bit. But he definitely has a great, great offensive game. Another guy that I think that we could fit in. And it would be interesting to see how the Spurs meshed his role um, but Jarris Walker from the University of Houston, if he fell to us, he's a big body, 6'8", 220, just tough post guy, but he can also pop it from three-point range. But a strong defender, and that's what I look at for the Spurs and what they have their eyes on. Another guy that I would like to see, speaking of big bodies, just thick guys, because I think Sohan can transition more into not really a necessarily a four. I think he could transition to like a three and, you know, have some other options with the, when you get these big bodies in there. But Cam Whitmore out of Villanova, 6'7", 225. And, I mean, he's rocked up and looks like an NBA-ready body now. Um, so he could be somebody that fits in with us as well. He's also 35% from three-point land, uh, heavy rebounder, great defender, steals, block shots. But, uh, you know, those are a couple guys that I could I could see going to the Spurs. And then obviously Nick Smith Jr., who we've talked about and compared to John Morant multiple times, very bouncy guard. Um, so that's who I think we can end and uh, the draft pick with the uh, take-a-thon that we had tonight. All right, let's get to our top two, bottom two. Drew, who were your top two? Yeah, for my number one top two, I went with Keldon Johnson, who knocked down 12 shots, 12-19 for the field, shot 20 I mean, made 25 points and played 35 minutes. A great night from Keldon Johnson. He's my number one top two. He also had a couple close shots. My second top two, oh, with Jeremy Sohan in his return. He had 13 points, six assists, six rebounds, shot four of ten from the field in 28 minutes. And I have a take on Jeremy Sohan. I think in a couple years, he'll be getting triple doubles um, consistently, which is a crazy take, but I think that's possible. All right. Well, there you go. Very good. I like that. I like the uh, like the take and analysis. Um, my top two, obviously, Keldon Johnson. I like the way. I felt like last night was one of those games where he just put the team on his back. It did. It felt a lot like Keldon just said, we're going to get a damn win, and I'm going to take advantage of this thing. And I think he did. 
Um, also, off the bench, I really like Dougie McBucket's night. What a great game for him. I'm glad he's sticking around with us after the trade deadline. I was kind of skeptical. Who knows where he'll be after this year or if he'll stay stay with us. But sometimes he provides a spark off the bench that I think is pretty, pretty awesome to watch. And uh, he was last year when he was starting, I kept on calling, man, we need him off the bench. You need kind of that spark plug, that, that guy that can pop some threes. But he was 5 of 9 shooting from three-point land. Uh, 7 to 14 overall, finished out with 19 points, uh, three boards. And I just thought for Doug McDermott, what he's supposed to do for us is come off and just knock down threes. And I think he did that. So that's my top two. All right, let's get to the bottom two. Drew, who do you got for the bottom two? Yeah, for my number one on the bottom two, I'm with Zach Collins. Really very inefficient this game. He had seven points and six rebounds. He had one block, but shooting 2 of 15 from the field and 0 of 4 from the three-point line is what got Mr. Zach Collins on the bottom two. 27 minutes, 13 missed shots. That's going to get you on the bottom two. Yeah. My second bottom two, I went with Kata Bates-Diop. It was really hard to come up with the second one, but I went with Kata Bates-Diop. He also had a rough shooting night, shooting 3 of 8 from the field and 0 of 2 from the three-point line in 34 minutes. So those are my top two. Let's hear who you have there. Yeah, so... The bottom two, you mean? But, yeah. Zach Collins, I also had at the top of my my bottom two. I mean, for what you said, 13 missed shots. And I've really never – I always give the percentage like two of 15 shooting. But when you say it that way, that really, like, stands out. 13 missed shots. So, that's a good pull. And then my other one, probably undeserving for this, and I just kind of feel bad for the guy. um, But Malachi Branham has been on fire for us. And – the only reason that he's on my bottom two is because of the back injury, and I hope it's not something that lingers on because I really enjoyed watching Malachi's development, um, but that's why he was on my bottom two. No other reason than just that he didn't get his full game minutes. I do want to make mention of Blake Wesley's game. I thought he played one of his better games last night, of course off the bench, but he ended up getting uh, six points and uh, uh, five re- – oh, sorry, check that. Let's scratch that back. Nine points and six rebounds, which is great for him, but also two assists. But the other reason that I thought that Blake Wesley just deserves some kind of a shout-out, honorable mention, is his three steals. That was pretty impressive for him, uh, three steals for Blake Wesley. So just wanted to bring that up. All right, time for the uh, question of the day, this segment of our show. You can always text 512-540-1626. And tonight's question comes from Thomas in Atlanta, who's originally from Texas, living in Atlanta now, says he's a Spurs fan for life. His question is going to be really interesting. How do you guys think the new coach for Atlanta helps or hurts the Spurs future draft picks? So, just to kind of brief you on the Spurs future draft picks from Atlanta, that's in the DeJounte Murray trade. We have their 2025 first rounder. So wherever they land, we get that pick. In 2026, we have a first round swap option. So if they happen to be higher than us, we get to trade draft picks with them. And then they get ours, we get theirs. And then back in uh, 2027, we have their first round pick wherever it lands. So that gives us two first round picks, both in 25 and 27. Both of those will be the Hawks. So the swap seems to be the one I'm focusing on a little bit. But what do you think that does? Quinn Snyder, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not familiar with, a former Austin Spurs, or I should say Austin Toros at the time coach, really good coach, but also former Utah Jazz coach that you know bailed when the Gobert, Donovan Mitchell uh, trades happened, but uh, he's now the Atlanta Hawks coach. How do you think this affects us, Drew? 
Yeah, so I don't really think it affects us that much. Hot take. I think he's an overrated head coach, in my opinion. Wow. Why do you think he didn't have a do- job at this beginning of the season? Because he walked. <laughs> he I'm... walked, yeah. But I still I still think it's not going to affect us that much. I think he's probably a bottom five head coach, in my opinion. But that's a really wow. hot take. Wow. That is, I don't even think that's hot. I think that's a cold take, in I my think, opinion. I think, I think Quinn Snyder is one of the... Best coaches in the NBA. No, I think it's better than I think he's a better coach than their last one, but I still don't think he's that good. Name a coach and I'll tell you who's better. Uh let's go with Jason Kidd. He's better. Who's better? Jason Kidd. I disagree. Anyway, we can go on and on about this, but I'm way more of a Quinn Snyder fan than Drew is, and I think it hurts our hurts our draft picks as far as where it's gonna be slotted, but we're still getting a first round pick. Um, in two of those years, I just think it's going to probably hurt us most in 2026 because I think we're not going to be able to swap with them, which we're still getting our pick, but it is what it is. Thanks for your question, Thomas. All right, now it's time for this day in Spurs history. Drew, what you got? Yeah, I'm going to take us back to February 28, 1987, where the Spurs demolished the Mavericks in an upset win. We were not expected to win this game. But our leading scorer in this game was Alvin Robertson. Great player. He had 30 points and 5 assists. Dave Greenwood played 33 minutes, had 25 points and 12 rebounds and 8 assists. Walter Berry put up 18 points and 4 rebounds. Um, Mike Mitchell had 10 points, 3 rebounds. And we shot 56% in this game and put up 123 points in 1987. That's a really good game, and we ended up winning... 123 to 98 on this day in Spurs history, 1987. All right. Very good. That's very throwback. I remember listening to those games on WAI in San Antonio and having a blast listening to them. But uh, thanks for that. Great times. All right. Now it's time to preview the upcoming game. And the Spurs come back to San Antonio, ladies and gentlemen, to play the Indiana Pacers. Uh, the Pacers are coming off a dub against the uh, Dallas Mavericks, if I'm not mistaken. But we did beat them earlier in the year on October 21st. Drew, what can you tell us about Indiana? Yeah, so Indiana's a good team. Um, Tyrese Halliburton, their best player, is a really good playmaker. He's averaging 20 points, 10 assists, 2 steals. Miles Turner, who had 40 the other night, is averaging 18 points, 8 rebounds, 2.3 blocks. Wow. Buddy Hield, 17 points. Yeah, he averages like four threes a game. He's one of the best three-point shooters right now. Ben Benedict Mathurin, who's averaging 17 points. And they have G- Andrew Nimhard, who's averaging eight points, two rebounds, and four assists. They're rookie. What are your thoughts on the Indiana Pacer team? Yeah, really talented. And, I, I mean, I think they have, they have a good mix of some young and old. But I also think they started off really fast. They're kind of fading as, it, as the season goes on. I mean, I know I Halliburton, Halliburton yeah, he was injured, and I think that affected him quite a bit. Um, but I do think they're a uh, very talented team, and I think they're somebody the Spurs need to respect. Um, otherwise, this winning streak, this one-game winning streak we're on, uh, or one game trying to fight for a two-game winning streak uh, won't end in the in a good way if we take them lightly, and we just think it's going to come to us. They're going to have to push it and come with it. So... I do think they're really good. I like Miles Turner as a as a rim rim protector. Great fantasy. Yeah, he is, and I, 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 yeah, he's done well for me on my team. So, all right, 
So who's your player to go off, and what's your prediction for this one, Drew? Yeah, so for my player to go off, give me Keldon Johnson. That interview really said he's hungry to get more wins. That comes with my prediction. I think we beat the Pacers by eight points in this game. Wow, all right. So Drew's got us winning by eight again. Uh, my player to go off, I, I have a good night, good feeling for Charles Bassey. I think uh, he's going to have a good night. He's my player to go off. And unfortunately, I think the buck stops. I, I think this is going to be a sandwiched, a loss that's sandwiched in between two wins. I think we obviously we won that one in Utah, and I think we're going to win. We're going to beat Houston on Saturday night, uh, but I think we're going to drop this one, and I think it's going to be a really close competitive game, but I see us losing by five. I hope I'm wrong, but that, that's kind of where I see it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us on the Spur of the Moment podcast. Uh, we appreciate you listening. We've had a great spike in numbers recently, and uh, we appreciate the loyal listeners that are sticking with us. Drew, would you take us home, please? Yes, thank everybody for listening. I love the sport on the podcast. We had 1,000 listeners a long time ago. I forgot to shout that out. Yeah. But thank you, everybody, for listening. And as always, go Spurs, go!